Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, I'm very excited about this. Stephen King is releasing a new book this year entitled Fairy Tale. And I am so, so looking forward to this book because Stephen King has written a decent amount of fantasy. And this is portal fantasy, one of my favorite fantasy subgenres. Portal fantasy? Like sucked into a portal? Right. Into it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that that was a subgenre. Wow. So like Stargate would be like sci-fi portal subgenre? Very, very technically. Yeah. Okay. But it's about a 17-year-old kid and his dog that gets sucked into a fantasy world. And he has a couple books like that, like The Talisman is technically portal fantasy. I think you could even say that 112263 technically might count as portal fantasy, but that's a that's timey-wimey stuff, you know. And it's not <laughs> fantasy, but why not? If we're throwing out labels. But I'm really excited about this because he hasn't put anything really really fantastical out in a while. And maybe in his old age, he is just getting better at this kind of stuff. And I'm just really curious to see what he thinks up. And I'm trying not to read huge synopsis because there's already... You're going to get spoiled. Don't read it. I know. I'm trying not to read anything about it. But it comes out on September 6th, which is really close to the release of the Rings of Power show. So 2022 is definitely looking up. We've got a new Lord of the Rings show coming out. Stephen King is writing Portal Fantasy and Elden Ring comes out in a month. So I'm having a good year. It's going to be a good year for fantasy, man. I was looking up some fantasy data because I'm going to be doing some TikToks on fantasy data just because it kind of I kind of get off to it. And I think that other people might as well. And did you know that in 2021, quarter one, Q1 uh, was up 29% of book sales from Q1 of 2020 uh, and leading the charge by a, in a major way was fantasy books. In fact, everyone else is kind of downtrending. Fantasy books are like climbing. I mean, it makes sense. Everyone's trying to escape. Things are a little yeah. sticky out there. I'm pretty stoked though, because like when we started this podcast, I was like, "Oh, I'm so into this." Yes, and then I was like, "Wait, are we about to start a newspaper company in a world of internet?" And then I googled and did a bunch of data research, and I was like, "We're not." Wow. Okay. Awesome. Fantasy's up in a big way. To segue into my fantasy news, there is a new fantasy strategy game coming out called Gord, and it's from the creators of Witcher Three. They released a new trailer, and it tells you nothing, but it looks awesome. Wait, it's a new board game. No, it's strategy. It's a video game. Oh, a video game. Yeah, like a um, RTS. And R- it's from CD Projekt Red? I don't know if it's from CD Projekt Red, but I think one of the guys who was the producers of The um, Witcher 3 is doing that. It might be from them. I don't know that. But it looks really cool. And it's I, I think it would be like an RTS, like a real-time strategy, like the old school uh, Command and Conquer Red Alerts, uh, which I really enjoyed. I don't know if there's any StarCraft fans out there, which I liked, but I liked the Red Alert series a little bit more. I'm more of an Age of Empires guy myself. Oh, okay. You like the you like the you know, for the long game. Absolutely. But that's really exciting. I always look forward to hearing about new games. And I didn't hear anything about that. I'm pretty sure. Like I said, the new trailer is very not revealing at all as to how it's going to be. But it was really cool. And I was like, okay, if they're going to put this much juice into the trailer, I've got high hopes for the game. And it seemed like it was more storyline based, which is interesting because no RTS really like, yeah, they all have a storyline, but like you're not a character, you're everyone and controlling massive units. So it's really hard to create a story and have you be emotionally invested with it. And it looks like they're really trying to do that. There's this whole, like they're building this engine about familial ties and a mental well-being system. They can have like a devastating impact on the survival of your communities. And 
it looked very complicated and looked really cool. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. There's a few games kind of in that same vein that I've really been meaning to get to, like uh, Disco Elysium. People keep telling me about that. Mm, I haven't heard of that. So from what I've heard, Disco Elysium takes place in a really big city and you're like a detective and you're tasked with solving a murder mystery. But apparently like people really love the art style, the gameplay, the system. I think that's going to be something I might tackle after I play Elden Ring. Well, what have you been up to this week? Um, so last week I was reading The Bones of the Hills, that Connie Goulden um, historical fiction book. This week I'm reading another Connie Goulden book that is called the emperor series called the gates of rome and it's really good the romans were so impressive like when they moved every night so the whole army would get up and move right and then there'd be a bunch of people there were they would sit down at the end of the night and before they went to bed or anything they would build a 10 to 15 foot wall either out of dirt or rocks or trees around their campsite like a 15 foot wall like a little miniature city before they go to sleep that night and every time they would like get up and move in the morning they would leave a contingent of people behind to run that as a fort and their job would be to make it better beefier and then to build a road between the last fort from the previous night and that one so as they progress and move their army forward they have this natural built-in process of supply chain management right they have these forts and roads so they can just like keep their army supplied it's just so incredible what they were so some of the roads that they built we still use today not even like are still around like we still use we drive cars on them now it's crazy there's a really awesome series of books that i think you'd really like it's a trilogy called the poppy war trilogy you've mentioned those it's got everything you want in it military tactics that stuff always kind of bores me a little bit, but it's what? right up your alley. You would love it. Oh, I love that stuff. So uh, interestingly enough, I was building my Amazon wish list last night and the Poppy War was recommended to me as I was adding another book. And I was like, oh, Evan's told me about this. So I added it. It's three of them. Yeah. And they're all equally excellent. And it was RF Kuang's first outing as a fantasy author too. And she nailed wow. it. Uh, in addition to that, I have been reading this book called The Invisible Gorilla, which is really interesting. And it's about how we think our brain works and how it actually works. So it has the book is broken up by like chapters, obviously, but each chapter is about a different idea that we have about our brain, like the illusion of memory. Uh, or the illusion of attention. And it's like how your memory wor works versus how you think it works. And, you know, we think that it works like a camcorder, you know, where it's just like recording everything as it goes, but it doesn't work like that at all because it doesn't have the bandwidth. It doesn't have the processing for that. And so it'll be like, uh, I remember these important details. And then it'll kind of make it up when you remember it and put those details together. Like when you remember something, you're not remembering the thing, you're remembering the last time you remembered the thing. And the first time you remember it, you're not even remembering the thing. You're remembering kind of your brain's bullet points ideas about the thing. Here's an example. So there was a study, I think it was Harvard or Stanford, one of the big Ivy, Ivy League colleges. Um, they had a bunch of people who thought they were going in for an interview. And then they brought them into the room. They gave them an interview. And then after that, they interviewed them about what they thought was in the room that they were waiting in. They're like, hey, what? name some of the items that were in the room that you were waiting in. And everyone was like, oh, there's like a stapler, computer, a filing cabinet. You know, they went all over all these different items. And it was interesting because about half of the items that they mentioned that everyone mentioned was not actually in the room because their brain wasn't focused on that. Their brain was focused on the interview process they were about to go into. So all their brain did was go, I'm in an office, boom, and it auto-filled everything that you think should go into an office and into their memory. Like everyone remembered a filing cabinet, no memory, no filing cabinet. Wow, that's really interesting. And like they would swear to God that they saw a filing cabinet. 
Um, anyway, so tell me about your week in the uh, world of fantasy. So I finally finished Children of Time, which was excellent. One of the best science fiction books I've ever read. It was really bleak. Like, I think I need to read something kind of funny now. Like, I might read a Discworld book or like a Redwall book or something. You said uh, Terry Pratchett was your... Palette cleanser. Palette cleanser. Yes, thank you. Right. Yeah, I might read some of that. Just maybe something a little more lighthearted because while it was a really excellent book, it like kind of bummed me out a little bit. Like a big theme of the book, and you know, our listeners probably already heard this in my solo episode, but a big theme in the book is just how we as humans will just continue to be the worst. <laughs> and it's just it's just like, oh, damn. Like, yeah. Will we ever learn? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is kind of the, yeah. But it's a really well-written book, and I'm mm. definitely going to read the sequel, Children of Ruin, at some point. And on Tuesday, I actually went to the famous Hollywood Theater, which is right down the street from where I live, and I saw a movie called Shogun Assassin. Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of it. I've not seen it, though. So there are these old samurai movies from the 70s called Lone Wolf and Cub, and I think there's like four or five of them, and somebody spliced together the first two of them and then dubbed it in English and then put this really amazing synth track behind it i did this whole score with synthesizers and made a new movie out of these two really old ones and they called it shogun assassin and it's about the shogun's assassin his executioner and he kind of goes rogue with his kid and they're on the road and the shogun's people are chasing after him trying to kill him and he just kills like 400 people and it's so much maybe the sword yeah oh and like his cart that he's wheeling around. He has a cart. <laughs> it was so good. And like, I, I can't believe it took me this long to watch it. It's just the music was incredible. The story, I was so glued to what was going on. And I just really love stories like that. I love stories where there's movement, right? Where like the protagonist is trying to, to be somewhere, to get somewhere. And they're on the road. I love road trip movies and mm -hmm. road trip books and stuff like that. It kind of reminded me of uh, Afro Samurai. I love Afro Samurai. Watch it once every year. Yeah, Afro Samurai is amazing. It was kind of the same vibe where it was just this this person just persevering down this road and nothing is going to stop him. People just keep trying to get in his way and kill him. And he just every single time just takes him out like pretty easily because he's just so good at what he does. It was an incredible movie. I really want to watch it again. So, okay, it was it was made from two different movies. Did they film anything additional or did they just like pick and choose and mash it together? As far as I know, they just spliced together parts wow. from both. Of, yeah. And it's, it has a different storyline than the two movies that it was birthed from. I don't know about that. I don't know if it's maybe the two movies were that storyline, but they just cut mm. a bunch of stuff and kept the story. Or maybe mm. they did make a whole. I don't know. Um, I would love to hear someone from someone like Hayden Hillier Smith, some really good editor who would be like, could tell me like that is editing art right there. You know? I mean, I'm sure it was difficult when it came out. I think it's it came out like 1980 or something like that. But apparently there's Lone Wolf and Cub manga out there from I think Dark Horse does huh. some of it, too. So I'm going to check that out because now I'm invested. Now I want to right. nerd out on all of this. But it was just so neat because, you know, the Hollywood theater is a really like Quentin Tarantino put money into it for renovations and stuff. It's just like a really popular movie theater. How big is it? Can you tell me what it looks like inside? Is it like Tower Theater-esque or? Um, I would say like 250 people. Could probably okay. fit in. Like it's not huge, but it's got a couple different theaters in it too. Like I just watched uh, The Warriors 
in there oh, okay. a few months ago for the first Great time. Movie. That was really good. Yeah, Dude, I hadn't so seen good. it before. But yeah, it, it was a, it was really neat. And apparently, they show it every year. They show Shogun Assassin. It's like this big event. I didn't know it was this big deal. So I get there and it was packed and the crowd was really rowdy because everybody had seen the movie a bunch of times. So everyone was like <laughs> yelling at the screen and talking and stuff. And I w- had never seen the movie before. And I, like, I wasn't like, guys, used- <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I really wanted to watch it. Uh, have you played any video games this week? Yeah, I've snuck some in there. I've been really busy with editing and mm-hmm. reading and writing and stuff. But uh, I've, I've been playing Hollow Knight on my PS4. And- Is that the side scroller? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a Metroidvania. Okay. It's really, really great. I've played it a couple times, but I'm doing another quick playthrough. I kind of throw it up on my TikTok live now and then. I just have oh, fun. One. Yeah, it was a good time. And I'm still chipping away at The Witcher, but that game is so huge. It's so you huge. Know, like, I, I just don't. Uh, but it is, you know, amazing. There's a game called Slay the Spire that I like playing quite a bit. Mm. And there, I like games on the Switch that. You can play like a whole round of like a it's it's almost like a board game, but you can play a whole round of it in like 20 or 30 minutes. And I can just knock out something kind of fun and like technically beat the game or lose the game and then move on with other stuff that I've got going on. So mm-hmm. this the switch is really perfect for that. Like you use Terry Pratchett as a palate cleanser. That's kind of how I use video games sometimes. Just like a little 20, 30 minute like, OK, I need to decompress with whatever thing that I was super deep into before I go on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want to play The Witcher or huge games like that because it's like, man, I got to run around this this landscape and solve other people's problems. Like I got enough problems. <laughs> I'm like, you know, they're like, oh, we really need you to like go over How here. How dare you? <laughs> the audacity. I need you to collect 15 gold. It's like I already did that all day. You know, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do that. What about you? Have you been getting into anything? I did, yeah. I am very phasey with my video games. I'll be like off for six months and then I'll hit it hard for a little bit. And I just felt like I should play some. Not really because I wanted to. I just wanted, I just felt like I should. So I picked up Cyberpunk 2077, which the first couple times that I played it, I was not really into it at all, even though I was so hyped when I picked it up. And you know what? It was true to its form. I was just not into it. Just not into it. It was like overly complicated in ways that it didn't need to be. And it was just like, I just found myself wanting to play Grand Theft Auto because all I want to do is drive the motorcycle fast and the motorcycle physics are way cooler in Grand Theft Auto than they are in Cyberpunk 2077. It's a bummer when games like that get super hyped up before they're even released and then they come out and they're just kind of a mess. You know, so glitchy too. Yeah, it sucks. I was playing like 15 minutes. I got stuck on top of a crate, couldn't move. I had to drop a grenade or something, kill myself. It was so dumb. Uh, Evan, you told me earlier that you had a fun fact, and I did not, so I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. (laughs) The fictional fun fact for this week is the picture book Millions of Cats by Wanda Gage is the oldest American picture book still in print. It was released in 1928, so it's almost 100 years old. Wow. I mean, I'm looking at the art, and it looks really, really cool. I just pulled it up here. Let's see. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of surreal looking. Yeah. So it's hand-lettered text done by the author's brother, and it tells the story of an elderly couple who realize that they're very lonely. The wife wants a cat to love, so her husband sets off in search of a beautiful one to bring home to her. And after traveling far away from home, he finds a hillside covered in cats here, cats there, cats and kittens everywhere. (laughs) Hundreds of cats, thousands of cats, millions and billions and trillions of cats. Which I really like that rhythm. That's really cool. Yeah, it's very Dr. Seuss-y. Yeah, and I wonder if Dr. Seuss... um, Stole it. I don't, or at least was inspired. His whole career by is a false. 
just looking at the art, you can kind of see it. Yeah, but you can. I thought that was really interesting that, you know, it's not the oldest picture book. It's the oldest one that's still in print. You could go buy it right mm -hmm. now. Well, I kind of want to know, did he get the perfect cat or did he save all the cats? Does he have we'll millions have to, and billions and billions of cats? Maybe we should read it on the podcast. We kind of have to, we'd have to, we're going to have to wait till you get a better camera and we can put it up on YouTube. Yeah. Our next read along, millions of cats. <laughs> we could take a really deep dive into Dude. the plot of millions of the, the character development. We should. If only after that, we can do a really deep dive into the plot of Go Dogs Go. Do you ever read Go Dogs Go? Of course. Yeah. Oh, good. I think we could do like a like a Goosebumps book or something, Ooh, right? Wouldn't that be fun? fun? That would be super fun. I'm actually really into the idea of doing short kids books too. Like that would I think be we should. Really, like, really fun. Like you and I should just pick a Goosebumps book, read just it, and like then super serious the whole and time. then do a whole recap of it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be really fun. Dude, can we do like some boxcar children and like just like old school tiny <laughs> No, we got to do fantasy. You know? <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, Goosebumps, you can read a Goosebumps book in like a sitting. Yeah. And Goosebumps are basically fantasy. Yeah, they're horror. Books. They're horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we good do enough. we do fantasy, science yeah. fiction, and horror. And we that haven't done any be. horror yet. We have not done any horror. But that's gonna wrap it up for us today on the Monday morning minute. Thanks so much to everybody for hanging out with us on your morning commute. Or if you're just hanging out at home, we really appreciate you being here. And I want to invite everyone to the Book Reviews Kill Discord. I've had so many good conversations with people on there. So if you'd like to join us, please email us at book.reviews.kill at gmail.com and I will send you an invite. Dude, there's some awesome people on there already. It's really fun to hop in that general chat and just geek out. And if you'd like to join our Patreon, you can find the link to that page in the description on this episode. Thank you as always for your time and attention. We hope that uh, you have a great week. Bye, everybody.